Welcome back to The Daily Poem, a podcast from Goldberry Studios. I'm David Kern, and today is Thursday, July 27th, 2023. Today's poem is by an American poet named John Ashbery. He lived from 1927 to 2017. And uh, Oxford University literary critic John Bailey wrote that, quote, Ashbery sounded in poetry the standard tones of the age and laying in hammer said, quote, no figure looms so large in American poetry over the past 50 years as John Ashbery, and no American poet has had a larger, more diverse vocabulary, not Whitman, not Pound, end quote. Ashbery won a MacArthur Fellowship, he won the Pulitzer Prize for Poetry, the National Book Award for Poetry, a National Book Critics Circle Award, and a Guggenheim Fellowship. So needless to say, he is one of the, uh, the most important poets of the 20th century. And uh, the poem that I'm going to read today, I'm going to read because tomorrow, the 28th, is Ashbery's birthday. And I thought I'd share one of his poems. It's one of his later poems. It was written in 2000. It's called Crossroads in the Past, and it is from a collection called Your Name Here. It does have one line in it that if you're listening with your kids, you may want to uh, listen first and then decide whether you want to um, include your kids in it. It's not gratuitous or anything, but it it does allude to, well, you'll see. So here it is, Crossroads in the Past by John Ashbery. Read it once, a few comments, read it again, and that will be today's episode. Crossroads in the Past. That night, the wind stirred in the Forsythia bushes, but it was a wrong one, blowing in the wrong direction. That's silly. How can there be a wrong direction? It blow it where it listeth, as you know, just as we do when we make love or do something else there are no rules for. I tell you, something went wrong there a while back. Just don't ask me what it was. Pretend I've dropped the subject. No, now you've got me interested. I want to know exactly what seems wrong to you, how something could seem wrong to you. In what way do things get to be wrong? I'm sitting here dialing my cell phone with one hand, digging at some obscure pebbles with my shovel with the other, and then something like braids will stand out on horsehair cushions. That armchair is really too lugubrious. We've got to change all the furniture, fumigate the house, talk our relationship back to its beginnings. Say, you know, that's probably what's wrong. The beginnings concept, I mean. I aver there are no beginnings, though there were perhaps some some time. We'd stopped to look at the poster of the movie theater placed freestanding on the sidewalk. The lobby cards drew us in. It was afternoon. We found ourselves sitting at the end of a row in the balcony. The theater was unexpectedly crowded. That was the day we first realized we didn't fully know our names, yours or mine, and we left quietly amid the gray snow falling. Twilight had already set in. If you aren't familiar with John Ashbery's work and you go to Wikipedia or any poetry foundation or poetry.com or some site that does a, a general biography of him, You'll see the list of awards, and you'll see a list of names that he's associated with, sometimes because they inspired him, sometimes because they championed him. But it might be names like W.H. Auden and T.S. Eliot and 
Wallace Stevens. You're going to get references to the French surrealists and avant-garde magazines and phrases like the following. Ashbury's works are characterized by a free-flowing, often disjunctive syntax in a prosaic, sometimes disarmingly flat or parodic tone, end quote. I bring this up because I would suggest that you wouldn't be surprised to run across names like that, descriptions like that, phrases like that, when looking at his work. You read this poem, and immediately it feels as if he is perhaps trying to be obtuse or confuse you. And in a way he might be, but I think what he's being is thoughtful and playful at once. I think that's, there's, a, there's a playfulness to the way Ashbury looks at and interprets the world. And he presents that to us to have to linger in and to have to kind of uh, explore, I suppose. And it's a little confusing. But I don't think he's trying to be obtuse. I think he's presenting these images for us to, to spend time with. This is a poem that seems to begin with a narrative voice or narrative structure. There's a night with the wind stirring in the Forsythia bushes, right? So the first two lines create a scene. But then in the third line, we actually get quotation marks. And it says, that's silly. How can there be a wrong direction? So the, next, the first two lines set the scene. The next two lines offer dialogue. Or, uh, well, actually, sorry, the next three lines offer dialogue in between quotation marks. And occasionally those quotation marks pop up again, although not very often. And so it creates the uh, context or perhaps even just the illusion of discussion of dialogue, of conversation. What we don't know for sure is whether there is dialogue happening between two people, whether it's an internal dialogue. And I think it's better for that. I think that's one of those things that you have to spend some time with the poem to, to decide and decide whether it matters, whether it's two people or whether it's happening just inside the poet's uh, inner, inner voices. <laughs> but for a poem that is about beginnings and whether things really can uh, begin and then go wrong and then restart or end. It's fascinating that he does this with this sense of narrative. He offers the, the suggestion of narrative and then seems to turn it up, upside down. But then inside of these various scenes, he seems to come back to occasionally, he wraps these deep philosophical, or he nestles, I guess, these deep philosophical questions Questions that are worth contemplating, questions that um, take on more meaning, I think, because they're presented in a poem instead of just a list of philosophical qua uh, quandaries or queries, such as, in what way do things get to be wrong? This is a great question. This is a great question. Um, and it's one worth contemplating. It's worth contemplating in relationships. It's worth contemplating in a world uh, driven, by, um, driven and driven mad by efficiency and, and the desire for efficiency. Um, and also in the world of poetry, in what ways do poems get to be wrong or right for that matter? And it's not surprising that here towards the end of uh, his life, although he still had 17 years to live, he spends time contemplating beginnings and endings. He spent his life as a poet, as an artist. And poets have to be by their very nature consumed by beginnings and endings. And at the end of this poem, we are told simply that twilight had already set in, which could mean so many different things. Uh, and I think is worth contemplating. And I don't 
know that he wants us to have a particular answer. And so I'm not going to give a particular answer or what I think a particular answer is to the use of that phrase. But I do think that it is worth contemplating. And I think it's a wonderful ending to this poem. I think the stasis that it accompanies uh, is a little, is fairly brilliant, personally. And I'll just... Uh, you know, leave it to you to, to suss out what you think it is, especially since this is a podcast with, that is only supposed to have three to five minutes of explanation. So I'm going to read it one more time. Here is Crossroads in the Past from John Ashbery. It's pretty easily easy to find this one online. So if you want to spend some time with it and see what it looks like, uh, recommend it. Crossroads in the Past. That night, the wind stirred in the Forsythia bushes, but it was a wrong one, blowing in the wrong direction. That's silly. How can there be a wrong direction? It blow it where it listeth, as you know, just as we do when we make love or do something else there are no rules for. I tell you, something went wrong there a while back. Just don't ask me what it was. Pretend I've dropped the subject. No, now you've got me interested. I want to know exactly what seems wrong to you, how something could seem wrong to you. In what way do things get to be wrong? I'm sitting here dialing my cell phone with one hand, digging at some obscure pebbles with my shovel with the other. And then something like braids will stand out on horsehair cushions. That armchair is really too lugubrious. We've got to change all the furniture, fumigate the house, take our relationship back to its beginnings. Say, you know, that's probably what's wrong. The beginnings concept, I mean. I aver there are no beginnings, though there were perhaps some sometime. We'd stopped to look at the poster the movie theater had placed freestanding on the sidewalk. The lobby cards drew us in. It was afternoon. We found ourselves sitting at the end of a row in the balcony. The theater was unexpectedly crowded. That was the day we first realized we didn't fully know our names, yours or mine, and we left quietly amid the gray snow falling. Twilight had already set in. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you. To listen to past episodes or to support this show, please visit dailypoempod.substack.com. On behalf of our whole team at Goldberry Studios, especially our engineer Logan Green, I'm David Kern. Until next time, happy reading.